Psalm 119, this morning, we're in the 21st stanza. Uh, We have one more, the 22nd, next week. Um, We'll finish up this uh, chapter. And in today's section, we are reminded of the practical benefits available to us through the Word. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, Let's go ahead and read this stanza here. Uh, And then we'll pray and and look at a few things this morning. Uh, Verse 161, Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee. Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the great things you've done in the lives of the people here. Lord, and for the many praises that folks were able to share. And uh, Father, we just, uh, Lord, we don't thank you enough, really. Uh, for even some of the simple things that we often take for granted. And Lord, this morning we uh, do thank you, Lord, for sustaining us and Lord, meeting our needs and providing for us. And, and Lord, we do thank you for this opportunity as we gather here this morning. We ask that you'd meet with us and do a work in each and every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've looked at several principles throughout this psalm, and, and obviously a lot of it's been centered around the Word of God. Uh, that's definitely uh, the, probably the main theme it is the main theme of, of the chapter, I would say. And as we draw near to the close of the psalm, uh, there's kind of a, I don't know if it's maybe a summary type thing of, of several things that we've already seen. Uh, but this morning we're going to talk about a proper attitude, uh, the psalmist's actions, and then peace that amazes. And uh, the proper attitude, look at verses, verse 161, if you would. Princes have persecuted me without a cause. Boy, that's pleasant. You know, nobody wants to face persecution without a cause. But look what it says. But my heart standeth in awe of thy word. Uh, and the, the, the proper attitude that the psalmist had. And so in the wake of unjust persecution, uh, without a cause, oftentimes it's easier for us to lose sight of God's plan and purpose. And I know we've talked a little bit about that over the last few weeks. And uh, when we're facing those difficult times or those Uh, times of trial or persecution, uh, as the psalmist is here, we often lose sight, and uh, perhaps even more so when the persecution is perceived to be unjust. Uh, Sometimes when we're going through things and and you kind of understand what's taking place, it's a little more uh, palatable or you can receive it. But when there's times when you're persecuted unjustly, those are the times that maybe we get a little disillusioned and we kind of begin to doubt things and aren't sure what God's doing and we begin to feel sorry for ourselves. Have you ever been there? Uh, that really doesn't do you any good. Uh, and just this way of reminder, when you think you have it bad, you can look around and people have it way worse. Uh, we are good at looking at all those people that are benefiting better than we are oftentimes, but uh, we rarely look at those people that are being persecuted uh, significantly more than us because we, and we like to get down and feel sorry for ourselves, but there's always somebody that's got it worse off than we do. Um, and 
We do well to remember that at times. And listen, oftentimes those people that are worse off than us are still glorifying God in the process. And here we are having a pity party uh, for our uh, moderate persecution. Maybe we could use it that way because there's, you know, the middle of the road persecution. And the reality is in America, we're probably not being persecuted. Uh, here, even, even in the state of our nation today, we are gathered here free, without oversight, uh, there's not a lot of persecution. Nobody checked my ID to get from uh, Box Elder to, to Rapid City and, and uh, those types of things. And nobody's really monitoring what's going on here. And we need to remember that. And uh, regardless of what's taking place, we can glorify God, even in persecution. Uh, have you ever become upset with God for allowing the problems into our lives? Unjust persecution and is what the psalmist is saying, but we always have to remember that God has allowed some of these things, or all of these things, really, uh, to take place uh, in our lives. And uh, listen, our focus should be upon God and His Word. And that's where we often lose, lose sight of it. It says, for I, or excuse me, that was last week's, princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. The psalmist never lost sight of God and His Word. Uh, regardless of what the persecution that he was facing. And uh, <clears throat> he stands in awe. And the, the word there to be, means really to be startled uh, or to be in fear and kind of in general in fear, to be afraid, to stand in awe, uh, to stand in fear. Uh, look at verse 161 and B. But my heart standeth in awe of thy word. And I want to, I'm going to read this note from, uh, from a commentator I found. I still reverence thy word. I am not deterred from keeping thy law by any threats or intimidations. This is in accordance with the uniform statements in the psalm that nothing deterred him from manifesting his adherence to the law of God. And we have seen that theme throughout this psalm where regardless of the trial, the opposition, the struggles in life, the psalmist stayed faithful to keeping the statutes of God, uh, to keeping the testimony of God. What would cause him to respond in such a manner? Uh, he was in awe of God's word. Perhaps it was the realization that God will have a day of reckoning. Uh, he understood the fear of the Lord. Uh, a day of judgment was coming. We're all men. Uh, the day of judgment's coming where all men will stand before him and give an account. Uh, that day will come. Uh, and the Lord is not slack. Second uh, Thessalonians uh, verses 6 through 10 say this, Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when, uh, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in the flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he shall come to be glorified in his, uh, in his saints, to be admired in all of them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. And so we know that the Lord will recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. Uh, and there is a day of judgment. And, and so perhaps the psalmist knew uh, and, or understood this principle and he stood in awe because of what his persecutors were going to face as they stood before God and gave an account. and uh, What comes to mind when you consider the fate of the unbeliever? 
What comes to your mind this morning? Do we glory in the thought that their faith, uh, or that their fate uh, is destruction? Uh, sometimes I, I think I have gloried in that. I think, well, God's going to deal with it one day. And I think there is a righteous indignation, if you will, in that. But God can have his righteous judgment poured out on the lost because he's done everything he can that they might be saved. So my question to you this morning is, when you look at those unbelievers around you, those that are lost, because sometimes that gets frustrating. Uh, the trials or, or the challenges uh, that they, they bring in life in general, if you will. Um, and we just, I can't wait till God pours out his wrath and just deals with them. But have you first witnessed to them and shared Christ with them? Have you done all that you can do to ensure that they can avoid the flame? After that is done, maybe you can have that righteous indignation that God will eventually pour out on them. Because God is just and right, and he's given them every opportunity. But how is our attitude toward them? Do we just want God to deal with them? Or are we going to do our part and share the gospel with them like we ought to? Like we're commanded to? Uh, Are we being that witness? Uh, Don't glory in their fate. Uh, I don't think it's wrong necessarily to understand their end state, but we need to be careful that we don't get excited about it if we're not concerned for their soul. Because God died for them. He loves them. He will deal with the sin at some point, no doubt. But only after he's done everything he can to demonstrate his love and to try to redeem them back to himself. Or perhaps the other meaning of this is the psalmist had a great dread of violating the Lord's law more than he had of all the persecuting powers of the princes princes of his day. Uh, It says, Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. Perhaps he sees these princes and, and these folks that are persecuting him and and we know that he's looked at those that are not living according to the word of God and he stands in awe because he understands God's law and God's judgment. And he would much more fear the idea of violating God's law than any prince or any power of this world and what they can do unto him. The Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. He was willing to deal with whatever the persecution because he just understood I need to be right with God. Uh, I don't want to violate God's law. Uh, These folks might be persecuting me, and I might want to retaliate in such a way that would not glorify God, but I dare not do so because I will answer to the God uh, of the Bible. Uh, Our God is an awesome God, Uh, and His Word is awesome. And uh, we need a proper fear of God today, do we not? Romans 3.18, there is no fear of God before their eyes. Uh, That is an accurate description of the world throughout history, not just today. Um, Our nation would do well to fear God. The psalmist, I believe, conducted his life in such a way because he knew the law of God and he stood in awe of God and what God was capable of. 
uh, in, in really uh, what God wanted or was able to do in his life if he were not living according to the word of God. But my heart standeth in awe of thy word. Uh, the psalmist's actions, look at verse 162 here. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. And I know this is a thought that we've come across a couple times, I think now, uh, in this chapter. But here it is again, and so I'm not just going to skip over it necessarily. Um, I might not spend a lot of time to emphasize it. But um, he rejoiced in the word of God in the same way that one would rejoice over unexpected blessings. Have you ever had an unexpected blessing? Uh, We have. We just enjoyed one this weekend. Uh, We were given a trailer. Caleb was, actually, and... Uh, it's a beautiful trailer. It's in excellent shape. It was given to us. And we were camping, and yesterday morning, Cindy came up, because Cindy will not go camping with us in a tent. Well, the boys and I would go, and, and she came one time, and I said, there will be a bathroom close, and it, it will be convenient. But apparently a quarter mile down the road isn't close enough. And Because uh, I like to be isolated and secluded. And I was like, we have a truck, we have... A four-wheeler, she can ride down there. It'll be perfect. She wasn't impressed. But yesterday morning when we, we got up and we were sitting by the fire outside this, uh, this trailer, um, she was like, this is my kind of camping. And uh, it, it was just a blessing. It was unexpected. We had no idea. The Lord took care of it. And it, it allowed us to free up some other financial situations that we had. And so, um, uh, listen, the, the psalmist enjoyed God's word more than the material things of this world. More than the spoils of war. And it's always a challenge to my heart when I see that because what do we really enjoy in this life? Are we really rejoicing at thy word, at God's word, as one that findeth great spoil? Do we glory and rejoice in the treasures of Scripture? like we do the physical things in this life. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying those things. Uh, but what's our priority? Uh, what interests us? Do we get more excited about those things than we do God's Word and, and really the attendance of church and those things? And I know this is a Sunday school crowd, but we still have a flesh that we fight in battle. And if we're not careful, we can get wrapped up in the material things of this world, and those things can distract us and, and really deter us from being in the Word of God like we ought to be. In uh, the psalmist over and over, he says, it's the Word of God that gets him through it. It's the Word of God that strengthens him and quickens him. And we need the Word of God. Uh, He discovered a hidden treasure, so to speak, the spoils. Psalm 119, verse 14, several weeks ago we looked at this. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. As in all riches. He's enjoyed or rejoiced in the testimonies of God. Uh, Greater than all the riches that we have. As people rejoice with great wealth, the psalmist found happiness in the Word. Is that your testimony this morning? That your happiness and and your joy is is in the Word of God? More than if he had real wealth? Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord it maketh rich. And he addeth no sorrow with it. Uh, Listen, the true wealth of this world comes from the Lord. Uh, Not from the material or physical things that we get. You cannot go wrong living your life according to the word of God. 
You might miss out on some of the material things that we, we look at and we see today, uh, but you're really not missing out uh, if you live according to the Word of God. What do we want to do when we have good fortune? God blesses us or, or something great happens. Usually we want to tell others about it. Right? Man, you won't believe what God did. You won't believe what God showed me in the Scriptures. Oftentimes we want to share that. And uh, Have we found a special blessing in God's Word? Have you been there? Are you rejoicing in it? And then this morning, are you telling others about it? Here in the, the church, as we gather together, we ought to be rejoicing about what God's done in our lives throughout the week as we've been in the Word. Exhorting and encouraging one another. God, you won't believe what God did for me this week. You won't believe the prayers that He answered. You won't believe how He spoke to me through His Word. It's not just about coming and listening to preaching. That's a significant portion and it's, uh, it's the main thing. Uh, but it is bigger than that. We're not to forsake this so we can exhort one another. And encourage one another and strengthen one another. So when we go outside of the assembly... Uh, we can share that with other people, uh, share the gospel with them. Listen, if you don't have anything else to share that God's doing in your life, share Christ if you're saved this morning. Uh, you can take that to your community. If you have nothing else, that's the greatest thing to share. Uh, and so we ought to be here encouraging one another to do such a thing, to do that. He discovered a treasure. Uh, verse 163. We might need to move along here. Uh, but verse 1 says, I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. And so he detested the lie. Nothing will quite reveal the nature of a lie like the truth. Right? Uh, it, it's amazing how the truth just illuminates uh, falsehood. And the psalmist knew the truth, so he detested the lie. You can really find error when you know a truth. Um, if you don't know the truth, you can be led astray very easily. But uh, I can't tell you that I've been, there have been times when you're, uh, I listen to a lot of uh, preaching on the radio and now with the internet, you got podcasts and whatever other casts there are and stuff. And so, but sometimes all of a sudden your ear will perk up like, that's not right. It's not because I'm a genius, believe me. And I know everything. It's because I've read something in the word that that doesn't line up with. Uh, but if you've never been in the Word and got the truth, that won't happen. And uh, so the psalmist, he, he hates the lie. Uh, he knew the truth, and, and he hated the lie. And listen, I kind of am grown weary of the abundance of lies that continue to go forth under the guise of enlightenment and education today. Ugh, man, you just get so tired of it. Uh, I mean, the stuff that they try to push out is truth, and it's just so ridiculous, it's hard to believe anybody can even believe it. Uh, even outside of the lens of a scripture or a biblical worldview. But people do. It's crazy. It doesn't even make sense. And, uh, it, you know, you just get weary. And it seems like if you're a Bible believer, you're considered to be mentally deficient or something. Uh, nothing further from the truth. Uh, absolutely nothing further from the truth. And we don't need to be ashamed uh, of being a Bible-believing Christian. Uh, <clears throat> It just seems more widely 
accepted today. I, I don't know, just all this goofiness. Uh, but the psalmist abhorred lying, abhorred lying. Uh, but he loved the truth of God's word. Do you love God's word? Uh, get into it. You can't go wrong with the truth of God's word. Verse 164. Uh, seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. And so uh, the psalmist here in, in uh, verse 162, he discovered this, this treasure or the spoil and he detested the lie. He hated the lie, the falsehood. And in verse 164, he decides that he's going to praise God. So we're talking about his actions, right? Regardless of what's going on around you, what's the psalmist choose to do? He decides to praise. <clears throat> what are we to do in the world in which we live? Uh, should we take up arms against the government? March in the streets? Go off and live in the woods? I've wanted to do that. Sometimes I still do. But the psalmist decided to do something positive and constructive. He says, seven times a day do I praise thee. He's going to praise the Lord regardless of what's taking place. Seven, we understand, is the, kind of the, the number of completion. And I believe he was indicating that he would praise God continually. All the time. Regardless of the circumstances, we're going to praise God. We, he, he's given us the truth, and, and uh, we have this treasure in the Word of God, and, and I'm going to praise God for what He's doing in my life with the persecution that's unjust. I'm going to praise Him continually. Uh, in Psalm 55, 17, uh, I believe David wrote this psalm. It says, Evening and morning at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and He shall hear my voice. Listen, we need to be continually praising God and crying out to Him. And he will always be there. Others may devote themselves to a lie. Sometimes these people, it's like they get on this wagon of these untruths and they'll just ride it to the grave. Even though there's other facts, scientific information that they say they believe, just it's contradicting it, but they're going to take their lie. Anyway, before I get off here. But the psalmist acknowledged and praised God for the truth. David said this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Shall we curse the darkness or light a candle? We can get down to the dumps. We can get frustrated about all the things around us that seem not to be going well. Or we can praise God and, and live His lights in this world as He commands us to. And lift Him up. Hebrews 13, 15, By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Listen, when you're persecuted, when you're down, are you giving praise to God? Your coworkers are watching. Why would they want anything to do with Christianity if you're just always down? Ah. This roof blew off. Ah, we got to go fix it. That sucks. Or, hey, it's another opportunity to do our job. Amen. You know? We've been battling. Since I got here, we've been battling the wing commander's roof. It leaks in the wing commander's office. At one point, it was dripping on his desk. We've been battling it and battling it. And I came up with this great idea. I even got a bullet on my APR. Innovative roofing repair. And we fixed. And it really helped. It did. But then this last storm... It dripped on there. 
or in his office, not on his desk again, but it still leaking. And the shop, the shop anymore. And and uh, oh, uh, they found some other things. And we had the fire department over there spraying the roof, and we we're really trying to get after this thing. Um, and boy, I was pretty disappointed that my innovative fix didn't do it. But at work, I said, well, praise the Lord, we're trying to figure this out. And we, we got another way. We found another leak. We'll, we'll solve this problem. I wanted to take the credit that I fixed it last year, but it didn't happen. Listen, folks are looking at our attitudes. Are you able to give God praise in everything? Don't allow the circumstances in life to get you down. God's good still. Uh, and uh, we just need to carry on. Verse 165 through 168, as we close this, this stands out and we prepare to finish up this morning. It says this, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies for all my ways are before thee. Uh, just amazing peace here. Great peace comes to those who love the word. In verse 165, we see that. Are you looking for peace this morning? Do you love the word of God? <clears throat> His is a peace that passes all understanding. In the midst of unjust persecution, you can have peace. Uh, in the midst of the worst circumstances, you can have peace. As we opened up this morning, I mentioned the peace that I felt when I received Christ. That peace sustains me. Knowing no matter what I face, I have Christ. And what a blessed thought to, uh, to be able to go back to that day in, in the midsummer revival when I went forward and I received Christ as my Savior. I can see it in my mind's eye. And it's so clear to me what God did for me that day. And it brings so much peace. Uh, yes, there's been challenging days since. Yes, there are many challenging days ahead. But nobody can take that peace that God gave me that day in Christ. Amen. Nobody. Sometimes if we're not careful, we will forfeit that because we will neglect to remember and, and to be in God's word and, and to love God's word. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Uh, the world doesn't understand it. And I can't adequately explain it to you. But if this morning you've experienced salvation in Christ, you can probably relate to what I'm saying. <clears throat> they that love the law have great calmness of mind. I've learned that as I've aged probably and matured a little bit, but as I hopefully have grown spiritually, uh, I have a little more <laughs> calmness. I don't get as fired up and frustrated about things like I used to. Uh, they're oftentimes not troubled or anxious. If you're in the Word of God and, and you're loving God, you're, it'll calm your, your fears, calm your soul. They believe and feel that all things are well ordered by God and will be conducted to the best result. Do you believe God's working things out for good? doesn't mean it's all good, but God's working. And you can have that peace because you know that He is working. 
As a matter of fact, the friends of God have peace and calmness in their minds even amidst the troubles and disappointments of life. The psalmist was persecuted unjustly. And in the next few verses, he says, great peace. Nothing's going to offend him. Uh, the offense doesn't mean that there won't be frustrations, pain, or people that irritate you. But when it talks about the offense uh, there, or, and nothing shall offend them, they won't be, there won't be a stumbling block or, or offenses. Uh, nothing shall offend them. Uh, the meaning is here that they would not fall into sin. They would be kept safe. They would be preserved from the power of, of really the, the temptation. You can have uh, the, be kept from that. Uh, you'll be able to overcome that in Christ and through God's word. Uh, the meaning is not that people aren't going to irritate you or say stupid things to offend you, like we commonly think of it today. But when people say those things, it's not going to trip you up. You're just going to go back to the word of God that you love and say, you know what, I don't, it doesn't matter what that individual says. I have the truth here. They don't mean anything. I mean, when you sum it all up. Because people are stupid. They say dumb things. And I'm, I'm not just saying other people outside of here. I'm saying people in church. People that we call friends. People that we fellowship with. Good people. Brother First can offend me tonight. I don't know. It happens. But, but listen, if you're in God's word, it's not going to trip you up. You're going to let those things trip you up because, you, uh, one, you'll understand, hey, everyone's a sinner, even the saved. Sometimes we say stupid, insensitive, unthoughtful things. And uh, listen, we'd be, just get over it. Get in the word and get over it. Uh, don't let people bother you too much. So, Great peace comes to those who trust in the word. Look at verse 166. The Lord have I hoped for thy Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. <clears throat> He's trusting in the word. I have hoped for thy salvation, it says. This is a confident expectation based on the character of God, not a maybe or a hope so type thing that some people might say today. It has nothing to do with a maybe. The songwriter Edward Moat put it this way. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. I have hoped for thy salvation. There's a great peace to those who confidently place hope in the promises of God. Great peace comes to those who obey the word. Verse 166, I, I, I think this is interesting. Um, it says, Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. Look at the beginning of verse 167. My soul hath kept thy testimonies. And I love them exceedingly. Look at the beginning of verse 168. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies. Great peace comes to those who obey the word. Uh, I don't know if you caught that, but the latter part of verse 166, and done thy commandments. The first part of 167 my soul hath kept thy testimonies. And then in verse 168, it says, I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies. Uh, the psalmist had peace because he kept the word. Uh, when you live according to God's word and you're right with God, uh, that's a peace. Yes. Knowing that there's nothing between you and the Savior. 
knowing that you're right with God and that you're right with your neighbor. Uh, what a blessed thing to experience. Um, and, and we can live in that daily. But the psalmist did not simply say these uh, based on some empty declaration. <clears throat> he calls on God to be his witness. Look at what it says in the latter part of verse 168. For all my ways are before me. Three times in these, these verses, he says, Lord, I've kept your word. And he says, Lord, you're my witness. My ways are before you. What of a greater witness can you have but the Lord? Uh, think on that this morning. All our ways are before him. God sees. He knows. Not just what we want him to see, but all of it. Can you say like the psalmist said here three times this morning that you're keeping the word? And you say, Lord, uh, you're my witness. I've, I've done it. I've kept it. Uh, what a peace you have when you do that. He knows whether we keep his word or not. Listen, we can fool others, but we can't fool God. It's impossible. You're not going to fool him and trick him to think that you kept his word. He knows. Are you troubled this morning? Are you stressed out over jobs, relationships, or circumstances in life? Uh, believe me, I understand. It can get stressful. We can feel like it's overwhelming, frustrating. Uh, but you can have the peace of God. It's available to us. Uh, if we will love God's word, if we will trust God's word, if we will obey God's word, then God's word can make a huge difference in our life and really bring peace through whatever persecution or trial that we face. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We ask now, Lord, that you would help us to be doers. Lord, I pray that we would get in the word of God and that we would, Lord, search for those treasures, Lord, that we would count them, Lord, greater than any value that we find in this world. And I pray, Lord, that you just really develop a love for the word of God in our churches. Uh, life, Lord, and in each individual's life, but Lord, as a church collectively, Lord, that you just increase our love for God's word. Lord, help us devour it. And Father, we pray for your blessing on the service to follow. We ask that you be with our pastor. Lord, thank you for bringing him back safely, and we just pray that you would anoint him. Lord, that you would fill with the Spirit of God, and that you would do work in our midst this morning. Thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen.